Good morning, this is David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin And, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. It is 6.04 a.m. Central Standard Time. It's the 22nd of February, 2021. This is episode 370 of Bitcoin, and we got a dump on the backside. Hey, you know, it happens. Welcome to Bitcoin. Hookers on the left, beers in the fridge on the right. Enjoy your stay. It's going to be a rough one. We don't know, or I'm sure somebody like Tone Vase knows exactly why things are happening, but in my opinion... Risk management <clears throat> suggests that if you have any brains in your head, you will not try to time tops and bottoms of of this market or honestly any market. I mean, if you're just buy the thing and hold the thing, trading the thing is just going to get you wrecked. All right. Now, yes, I know that people do it all the time. They make a living on it. <clears throat> my, one of my ex-bosses did a, you know, made a couple of million dollars uh, day trading and lost almost all of it. I mean, and you're talking about a guy that had experience and a whole shit ton of math behind him. And even that guy was unable to hold on to the gains. Just buy the thing, hold the thing, and let the morons... I don't know, go up against risk management and see and, and, and take their chances. But for those of us that are in the cult, we're just going to hold firm and cult it is because Bitcoin sounds like a cult supported by magical thinking says Barclays wealth and investment CIO one by one, they will fall. But right now this man has not fallen yet. Felix Mullen is going to tell us about it from crypto potato. Uh, I was writing this one yesterday. Although Bitcoin is performing remarkably well, it is all not all praise in the market world. Take Will Hobbs, chief investment officer at Barclays Wealth and Investments, as an example. He is clearly not convinced that Bitcoin is all that its proponents claim. Speaking to Markets Insider, Hobbs said that his company's investment strategy doesn't involve taking any positions in Bitcoin for the time being. <laughs> He asserts that its extreme volatility and poor fundamentals make it unattractive for his firm's portfolio. Quote, it is multiples more volatile than our most white-knuckled ride asset class, which is emerging market equities. Yeah, white-knuckle ride. You don't know anything about white-knuckling, the the handlebar dude. Hobbs explained that although Bitcoin is not an attractive investment for the firm at the moment, there is no reason to rule out a turnaround in the future if the right conditions for investing occur and Bitcoin begins to show characteristics of a more reliable asset class. Quote, at the moment, it's very hard to say. We wait on the sidelines and watch others. He said when asked if Bitcoin could ever make it into Barclays asset class toolkit, this view is not all that isolated. Other investment personalities also think that Bitcoin lacks specific characteristics of a future proof investment. Okay, I'm going to stop you right there. Nothing is a future proof investment. 
If you continue to go around looking for the future-proof investment, you will wait until the asteroid that kills all future-proof investments finally does hit the Earth, and that'll probably be well after humanity has left the Earth in search of other worlds to go inhabit. Honestly, dude, at what point is future so far out for you that you just sit on your hands 100% of the time? I just, I don't get it. In addition to the already famous tweets of Peter Schiff and the rants of Warren Buffett, of Berkshire Hathaway, other investors with an anti-Bitcoin stance are Mark Cuban, who has an interest in tokens and some altcoins, but is no friend of Bitcoin, former Bitcoiner turned no-coiner, and author of The Black Swan, Nassim Taleb, the best-selling investor uh, Andy Kessler, and Jeremy Gantham, or Grantham, chief investment strategist at Grantham, Mayo, and Van Otterloo, a Boston-based asset management firm known by its its acronym OMC. Might as well be OMG. However, there is another side to the coin. As time goes on, more companies and institutional investors are joining the Bitcoin fever. Tesla, MicroStrategy, Skybridge Capital, BNY Mellon, and many other big players are investing in massive amounts of Bitcoin for the long term. Will Hobbs also uh, Will Will Hobbs also took the opportunity to criticize the fanatical behavior of Bitcoiners. Um, apparently, I'm a fanatic. He asserted that in a way, rather than considering Bitcoin as a good investment, Bitcoiners see their beloved cryptocurrency as religion. And this is dangerous. Quote, it just sounds like religion. It's sounding increasingly cultist. End quote. This position has also been denounced by other cryptocurrency personalities, such as Shapeshift CEO Eric Voorhees, who once compared maximalism to other toxic behaviors such as tribalism, and more recently asked the Ethereum community to please not follow in the steps of Bitcoin maximalists when criticizing other people or projects. Hobbs asserted that Bitcoin is primarily driven by market sentiment, not by fundamental objective reasons. Quote, at the moment, it's primarily a store of value backed by a lot of magical thinking and also a big momentum narrative, end quote. Such a weird set of norms is typical on any religious cult. Too bad Bitcoin doesn't fix that. Yeah, you know what? Fuck off. (laughs) Good morning, Monday morning. Honestly, if you were to go to... I don't know, any central bank around the world and go to their meetings and actually take it all in. Like everything that's been done over the past, like let's just say back to 1971. If you want to go back to 1913 and the the creation of the Federal Reserve System, be my guest. But honestly, all we really have to do is go back to 1971. Nixon takes us off the gold standard and there's no crying. Not really. I mean, honestly, he depegged the dollar from gold. And when he did that, he depegged 70 nations' currencies from gold it, it, all by himself without asking their permission, without so much as buy your leave. It, 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 we were already in the Vietnam War, it didn't, but it didn't start any other wars. And you would think that somebody who had a promise from the United States way back when in the Bretton Woods Agreement gets their currency depegged without so much as a buy your fucking leave that they would actually, I don't know, be kind of pissed off. Nobody said a word. Why? Because the U.S. dollar is a cult. The, it, the Bitcoin's not the cult. The U.S. dollar is the cult. Watching these sycophants run around, and, you know, dress up in their, in their Gucci, you know, priest robes and carrying their, you know, I don't know, Doonberry, you know, bags, their, you know, leather bags that cost $15,000 a piece to go to these dinners so they can 
don't know, praise each other or whatever it is that they do. And they have the, the audacity to call Bitcoiners a cult. When we're the ones that are literally having fun staying poor. And there's a reason we do that because we believe in the future, right? I mean, somebody who's just going to consume for today is going to look back on their life going, I could have just had so much more. I could have done so much more. It could have meant so much more. And these are the people that call us cultists and religious freaks. Honestly, man, you're going to have to give that shit up. And one of the reasons is, is because of Rome. Rome was not Christian. And then the early Christians, after the death of Jesus Christ, came in, and or they didn't come in. They were just there. And they started listening to the things that people like, you know, Paul had to say. And they said, I believe in this. And they went whole hog. And what did Rome do? Labeled them as religious fanatics and cultists. And then they started really getting scared of them. So they started throwing them in with the lions for, you know, sport and games. So that, you know, during the bread and circus days of the fall of Rome. And then by the end of it, Constantine on his deathbed converted the entire the entirety of the Roman Empire into the Holy Roman Empire by embracing Christianity on his deathbed. And he took like, and he, whether he went Christian himself because he believed in God is not the point. Chances are real good. Constantine did this because A, he was going to die in 15 minutes anyway. And two, the entire Roman Empire was falling to pieces. So, and a lot of it was internal strife and a lot of it had to do with the, 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 the fight between this Christian cult and all the things that had been going on in the old world of Rome and they were clashing and it was ripping the whole damn thing apart. So he said, I'm just going to unify the whole damn thing under Christianity. These people that call us cults are going to end up being Bitcoiners. It's a fractal of history. It cannot be escaped. So why investors are so excited about MicroStrategy's Bitcoin acquisition plan. Speaking of cultists, we have Michael Saylor here. Ellie Frost is going to tell us more about it from BitcoinMagazine.com. <clears throat> MicroStrategy has announced yet another convertible bond raise. This time it was priced at $900 million in order to buy even more Bitcoin. But how does this compare to its last bond offering and why isn't it going to stop anytime soon? First, a convertible bond or note starts as a bond, then converts to equity. The company pays lower interest rates because of this potential conversion. In other words, the company will pay for it later with an equity dilution. A company may choose this route if it has bad credit or if it is expecting high growth. In December 2020, MicroStrategy announced its first convertible bond offering for the explicit purpose of buying Bitcoin. Citi immediately downgraded MSTR to a sell recommendation, but the market had a much more bullish take. I'm surprised if that in, uh, analyst is, is still working. At, at whatever. I mean, that was just a bad call. <clears throat> Investor appetite was so strong that MicroStrategy upsized its offering from $400 million to $550 million with the additional option for inverters to uh, purchase another $100 million on top of that. All of this was filed or filled for a total of $650 million offering. All right, so he started out at 400, goes to 550 when people start giving him shit. Specifically, he went to 550 after the analyst downgraded MicroStrategy. It was beautiful. It was absolutely stunning. And then it was oversubscribed all the way to $650 million. So it started at four, added another $250,000 on it. You know, a, a mere quarter of a million dollars. Nothing to, you know, 
yeah, nothing to see here, pal. MicroStrategy also priced its bonds insanely low. Interest rate was 0.75% per year. So payments were about $4 million per year for a company with an operating income of about $40 million. That's 10x coverage. Meanwhile, 2x is generally considered strong. So he went 5x over on that one. CEO Michael Saylor went even further than this aggressive pricing by giving MicroStrategy the option to settle the bond in shares or pay out in cash. The bond was struck for $398 per share while the stock was at $289. This was equivalent to a 35% premium to investors. Holy shit, man. They made, they made out like bandits, dude. This month, <clears throat> MicroStrategy announced a proposed latest offering of $600 million converts with a $90 million optional additional purchase. The announced pricing was even more aggressive than the previous offering. It upsized the offering to $900 million with a $150 million optional increase. <clears throat> this was offered at get this 0% interest to be settled in shares or cash at a 50% premium. <clears throat> The offering closed today and was completely filled for the $1.05 billion raise. Clearly, investor appetite remained massive for such an upside and proposed pricing. So why do investors remain excited? MicroStrategy has no debt. Apart from its previous $650 million convertible bond note, it can handle more given its operating income and that its balance sheet has more than doubled from its Bitcoin holdings from $1.1 billion to $3.4 billion. MicroStrategy owns more Bitcoin than any other operating company and it gives it a scarcity value above the value of the core business and BTC holdings. To many institutional investors, it is the company you want to invest in for an almost free call option on Bitcoin. Tesla's addition of Bitcoin to its balance sheet is helping normalize the practice of corporations adding Bitcoin to their balance sheets as a reserve, but MicroStrategy is the only public company actively taking out debt to acquire more Bitcoin. As per MicroStrategy's Bitcoin acquisition strategy, Stated in its 10K, it has no plans to stop. For the foreseeable future, it will utilize excess cash flows and debt to acquire more and more Bitcoin. MicroStrategy remains the only public company on the market continuing to take out debt to acquire more Bitcoin. Its pricing of these bonds and rising stock prices have shown its success in the strategy. They won't be stopping anytime soon. So now he's offering, he's offering notes at 0% interest. And yet you're still going to end up with a 50% premium. Of course, we don't know. Here's the thing that we don't know. Has he already purchased the Bitcoin? We know that the, the bond sale is closed, but has he actually bought the, bought the corn with it yet? It, you, it, the last time this happened, it happened pretty fast between the selling of the bonds and the buying of the Bitcoin. And there was some, we'll get to some whale activity here in a minute that, that suggests that maybe he is buying. I don't, but see, that's the thing. I don't know. We have to wait for Michael Saylor and Micah Strategy's official announcements as to the buy and how much it cost them to buy the Bitcoin. So we'll, we'll just have to see if he was not smart, but if he got lucky, then, then he's able to buy this dip. But for some reason, I have a tendency to think that he was buying over the weekend and he has completed the conversion of all that cash into Bitcoin. But again, we'll have to see. Now, charity alert. Cape Cod's biggest hospital receives $800,000 in Bitcoin donation. Uh, Tim Hockey is going to tell us about it from Decrypt. 
in in these pandemic-stricken times, it's good to get a little optimism in the morning. On Friday on the coastal island of Cape Cod, Massachusetts, when staff of its leading not-for-profit medical center, Cape Cod Healthcare, checked their email, they saw a message, message telling them to look in their newly established crypto-integrated bank account. Inside was a surprise donation of Bitcoin amounting to $400,000. It was the second that they'd received from the same benefactor. The first came on January 28th. Both transactions arrived less than a month since they had started accepting cryptocurrency. The donation was not entirely out of the blue. According to Cape Cod Healthcare's Senior Vice President and Chief Development Officer Christopher Lawson, the longtime donor who previously gifted them cash every year originally sent them a feeler email in mid-January inquiring whether they would accept Bitcoin donations. Speaking to the Boston Globe, Lawson said, Before we responded, we had to make sure... There were not any issues. Lawson continued, it required a good amount of research. My office probably spent a week or two doing our best to learn who else was doing this, end quote. Since priming its accounts to receive crypto, Cape Cod Healthcare has adopted a policy of immediately converting its Bitcoin to U.S. dollars. So, yes, so you can lose 15% purchasing power on a year-over-year basis. That's That was a good call. <laughs> anyway, as soon as the transaction comes through, they convert it from Bitcoin to U.S. dollars. But let's just, we got to get past that. This way, it avoids any shortfall should Bitcoin suffer immediate pullbacks. After all, in spite of a robust performance in this week's crypto markets, Bitcoin is still a high-risk asset. Cape Cod's healthcare crypto prime account generates a personalized QR code for the donor to transfer funds with. Using this QR code, anyone can transfer crypto funds into Cape Cod Healthcare at any time. Lawson believes many soon start ready, many may soon start readying their accounts to receive crypto gifts. He said, quote, it's not widespread, but it is becoming more mainstream. People are accumulating these assets and they are looking at opportunities to donate them. Who knows what this year will bring with Bitcoin's bull run reaching new heights every week. Even soon, your dentist might start accepting it unless he's going to start using Dentacoin, in which case he's an idiot. So don't go there. Bitcoin pizza all over again. Delivery driver reportedly cashes in on $400 BTC tip. So Pizza is in, is indelibly part of Bitcoin's history, and it still goes on. Quote, I let the pizza guy choose between $5 in fiat or Bitcoin. Needless to say, he chose wisely. A driver who held $5 in Bitcoin as a tip for his pizza delivery services has reportedly resurfaced after seven years. According to a post from Reddit BTC Bible, the Bitcoiner ordered a pizza on December 28, 2013 and gave the delivery driver two options for his tip, a $5 bill or 0.0069 BTC on a paper wallet. The value was roughly the same at the time, given that the price of Bitcoin was $774. However, the driver reportedly contacted uh, BTC Bible this week for help on getting funds into a hot wallet. With Bitcoin's recent rise to a new all-time high of more than $58,000, the BTC is now worth roughly $400, an increase of more than 7,000% since the pizza was delivered hot. Quote, I let the pizza guy choose between $5 in fiat or Bitcoin. Needless to say, he chose wisely. I've responded with instructions on how to import the private key via Electrum. The Redditor clarified that they were not Bitcoin rich, having liquidated the majority of their funds last year to buy a house. <laughs> the Redditor said at the time that the driver, quote, had heard of Bitcoin from the news and grasped the general concept of it, but was obviously still very new to it. 
the Reddit post as a reminder of one of the most iconic stories in the crypto space from Bitcoin's beginnings. The first documented commercial purchase using BTC was an order for two pizzas in May of 2010 when a programmer paid 10,000 BTC, which is now roughly worth $580 million for a Bitcoin talk forum user to send him two pies from a Papa John store in the United States. There you go. And that was that was Laszlo. That's the name of the developer, by the way. And Laszlo's doing fine. Don't, you don't need to worry about the guy that paid $580 million for a pizza. I've seen pictures of Laszlo's house. Laszlo's okay. You don't need to worry about Laszlo, okay? So, so, so stop worrying about Laszlo. Bitcoin is now more expensive than a kilogram of gold. Yeah. In case you missed it, and I almost did because it's hard to tell how many ounces are in a uh, kilogram of gold because if you're in the United States, you don't use the metric system. Use the imperial unit system and conversion is a bitch. But uh, when I finally did look into it, we were about 3.9 ounces away from being uh, hitting a kilogram uh, of gold. Of course, we are now below that, but we did finally do that. And we did that at $57,705. That is the price at which a single Bitcoin could buy a full kilogram of gold. All right. Or at least at the prices of gold at at, at that time. We'll have to see what gold's doing later. We'll do that when we run the numbers. Earlier this week in a Twitter debate with bullion dealer Peter Schiff on the relative merits of Bitcoin compared with gold as a store of value, Tesla CEO Elon Musk said, you might as well have crypto. Musk has long been known for market-moving tweets in the cryptoverse, but this week his Twitter pumping powers have become divinatory. As of today, you might as well have Bitcoin over a bar of gold if you want to preserve your value. At 10.49 a.m. UTC today, Bitcoin hit its apex at $57,634, far exceeding the approximately $57,336 price calculated for a kilo of gold on TradingView. The price of gold relative to Bitcoin is at an all-time low, while Bitcoin's price itself is at an all-time high. Last summer, the value of the U.S. dollar fell sharply due to quantitative easing measures. The United States Federal Reserve rapidly printed an unprecedented amount of money. While government statistics said that inflation rate was only 1%, the cost of living and the price of goods and services rose sharply during the pandemic. Around this time, gold and Bitcoin both went up as well. On July the 1st, a kilo of gold was $57,000 or $57,093. By August 4th, it was $65,477. In the same period, the price of Bitcoin shot from $9,000 to a high on August the 2nd of $12,034 with the world's premier reserve currency ailing. Investors were drawn to both gold and Bitcoin as hedges against inflation. The price of gold has since declined, though it has more or less remained stable. The real mover here, of course, is Bitcoin, which is up almost fivefold. How much more expensive will a Bitcoin be next week when compared to a kilo of gold? Or if the market should suddenly crash, how cheap? Well, we don't know. And if you say that you do know, you're just, you're spitballing. Honestly, you're just spitballing. Um, Now, good news. Uh, Well, OKCoin has delisted or will delist both Bcash and that that abortion BSV. Um, Let's get into what's going on here a little bit, okay? 
on February the 19th, 2021, the blog.okcoin.com uh, released their, their, uh, what they were saying about removing uh, BCH and BSV from OKCoin. And it starts with this. Earlier today, we announced that trading of BSV and BCH, among several other crypto assets, will be suspended on OKCoin starting on March 1st. 2021. So that's just here in a few days, guys. At OKCoin, we periodically review the digital assets listed on our platform to ensure that their quality continues to meet our standards. In addition to market performance, we take a variety of factors into consideration during such reviews, including ecosystem development and ethos, network stability, quality and commitment of the developer community, liquidity, and ethical or reputational red flags. When an asset fails our periodic review, we may choose to remove it from trading on our platform. Today's announcement was the result of our most recent asset review. However, in the spirit of transparency, there is some unique history and context specific to our decision to remove both BSV and BCH, and we'd like to share that with the community. All right, so they go into a little bit of history, a little bit about the hard forks, a little bit about the dilemma that it proposed, and then they clarify their decision on BSV, BCH, which is where I'm going to pick it back up. So here we are with our decision to remove two shit coins from trading. They didn't say that. I did. But anyway, from trading on our platform in an effort to firmly stand up for the shared spirit of the open source community, support the Bitcoin ecosystem and protect new investors. To be clear, we are not against hard forks in general, and we see the value that some of these networks are creating. We are also not against the communities that believe in the utility of these tokens. We are very much aware that some members of the BSV and BCH communities are actively building use cases that they believe will benefit people beyond their own community. We fully respect that. People should be able to agree to disagree. We are just having a hard time ignoring the malicious misinformation war waged by Craig Wright and other high-profile members of these communities, nor can we gracefully give investors access to BSV or BCH while realizing that some may feel tricked or confused by the branding ambiguity between these assets and Bitcoin. We view both factors as very destructive to Bitcoin, the cornerstone layer of our industry. Before we have a better way to both separate BSV from Wright's attack on the open source community and, the, and to differentiate these two derivative protocols from the original Bitcoin on our platform, we feel more comfortable by removing them. Should the BSV and BCH communities listen to the broader market and choose to rebrand away from Bitcoin in pursuit of their own path, we would be very happy to revisit our decision and change our stance on these assets. And they go forward to thank the community for, you know, understanding and all that kind of stuff. Uh, they're, I mean, they're not going to rebrand, okay? that Their entire shtick is that they are the actual Bitcoin. So you're probably never going to see BCH and BSV on OKCoin ever again. And honestly, dude, that's just fine by me. Let's run numbers. It's early enough in the morning that I have to do cnbc.com forward slash futures and commodities because the markets are not open yet. So we get to go back to your regularly scheduled Bitcoin and oil up almost a point, 0.86 to the upside. West Texas Intermediate is going to come in at $59.75. 
Brent North Sea is up over a point, 1.1%, and it's going to come in at 63 point, or $63.60. Natural gas swing into the low side fairly heavily, 4.17% down. $2.94 is what it's going to take to buy 1,000 cubic feet of that. Gold is up over a point. It's going to come in at $1,795. Silver is up almost a point, $27.50. Platinum is down a point. Copper is up. Palladium is up. Uh, let's see. What's our indices doing? It's a sea of red, bro. Uh, Dow futures down over half a point. S&P futures down three quarters of a point. NASDAQ futures down a point and a third. S&P mini is down almost a half of a point. So it's just Monday. That's what this is. Opening mark, <clears throat> Equities markets opening on Mondays are always like, Total is a meth fest, honestly. So real money here. We got Bitcoin at 54765 If you're shocked, don't be. Again, welcome to Bitcoin. This happens. And, you know, you write, you know, just write it down, write it up. Just continue to DCA. Just do your daily cost average. Do 25 bucks a week. Honestly, it's doesn't, it's it's not gonna take you that much. You don't have to get in it to be like super rich. I mean, you you can literally use this as as a vehicle to say, you know what, man, I'm sitting on on fiat cash, and I really don't like 15% of its buying purchasing power just being evaporated away on a year over year basis. So you can use it as advanced savings technology. You don't have to use it as going all in and racking up credit card debt and and mortgaging your house so that you can buy as much Bitcoin as you can. If you do that, that is your business. I highly recommend taking out debt. Unless you're somebody like MicroStrategy and you've got $40 million coming in on a year-over-year -year basis after you've paid everything and you're just netting it out, well, then, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. At least you, you know, $40 million is not what the average American person sees, right? So just saying. Think about what you're doing when, when you go and you mortgage your house. I've, I've seen people do it. I, I, I remember a lot of Reddit posts uh, coming up with like suicide hotline number, and it's not a joke. When that shit happens, it means some really bad shit's happening in the market, and you don't want to ever see the multiple postings of the suicide hotline number in a Reddit, uh, in RBTC or R Bitcoin or whatever. Okay. You don't want to see it. And I saw a lot of it, especially in 2018 on the, on the back to early 2018 on the backside of the run up to $20,000, it got really sad. I mean, it was really dark days for a lot of people. And I don't think many of them really survived because they over levered themselves. I mean, you're odd. If you well, we won't get into who he is, but basically an old old school Bitcoiner, even he got liquidated last March to the point that he lost like as far as I can tell, he lost everything that wasn't personal. And if he had like mortgaged his house to do all his shit, then he lost that too, because he got liquidated out out the wazoo. And all of his customers' money got liquidated as well because he went over levered which basically meant he borrowed money to like play the play the uh, crypto markets and then he got into altcoins and shitcoins and he got liquidated and he knew better see that's the problem Murad knew better 
if you had listened to him talk on like TFTC, or I think he was on what Bitcoin did podcast back in the day, like a few years back, he knew what the hell he was talking about. And even he could not escape the siren song of shit coinery and it got him wrecked. Okay. So you guys need to be very careful about your moves in this market. So anyway, we are at a price of $54,765. I got a low over at Lucy. Where's my low going to be? I got a low at Bitfinex is going to be at $53,537. So a fair amount, actually a very, very fair amount of arbitrage room there. Uh, 300,000 transactions have been performed in the last 24 hours. That's about 12,500 transactions on average per hour with over half a million Bitcoin being sent in that last 24 hours. And that gives about 22,705 BTC being sent every hour on the hour on average. Average transaction value is 1.82 BTC. And the median transaction value is at 0.02 BTC, basically $1,085. Block times are slightly low, nine minutes and 40 seconds. We have 0.7 BTC being taken in fees on a per block basis and 113.5 BTC being taken in fees overall in the last 24 hours. After a 1.15% dip to the downside in hash rate, we are at 155.2 exahashes per second. Holy, that's still really high, man. What's Doge doing? Five and a half pennies. I know it's stupid. What are you going to do? It's, it's, it's amazing, but everybody's got getting hit. I mean, Ethereum was at $2,000. It's now at 1800 and which is way worse performance than, than Bitcoin. Litecoin's all the way back down to 206. And I won't even mention the two crappy ones, but Ethereum classic, uh, is at $14, 14 and a half bucks. Just so you know, the entire market's getting liquidated right now. And it's just, part of, it's just part of being in, in Bitcoin space, man. So just, you know, learn how to deal with it. 70,000 transactions are going to have to onboard 79 blocks to clear. We have, let's see, we, the, the value held in corporate treasuries of Bitcoin is $70.9 billion. (laughs) And that equals 1.3 million BTC in their collective treasuries. And that ends up being 7% of the supply of Bitcoin is actually being held as reserve uh, reserve assets for treasuries and corporations. The market capitalization is holding exactly at $1 trillion for Bitcoin right now. And that is 8.5% of gold's market cap. You will now be able to buy 29.7 ounces of gold <clears throat> for one Bitcoin. There are 18,635,568.23 Bitcoin in circulation at this time. Now, 1,087.4 of that is in the Lightning Network, and that means that the Lightning Network's capacity is $58.5 million, and it's being run over 9,072 nodes representing 38,194 channels. Uh, Percentage of Tor capacity is down a little bit. 53.2% of the Lightning Network is run over Tor and is, in fact, run over 578.85. So I'm sorry. It's run over 3,531 Tor nodes and has 578.85 BTC as its holdings. So that's going to do it for bodies.
it's probably going to be a shorter show than normal, guys. There's just, honestly, there's not a whole lot going on. Um, so uh, we'll probably uh, we'll probably get done sooner than later. Two whales just withdrew a billion dollars from Coinbase, though. Was it Michael Saylor? I don't know. Well, <laughs> nobody really knows. Tim Hockey is going to tell us more about it, though, from uh, Decrypt.co. It's saying today, 13,204 Bitcoin left Coinbase for unknown wallets. That's just over three quarters of a billion dollars at the current price. According to Whale Alert, 36 separate transactions were made, each valued between 351 and 391 Bitcoin between the hours of 4 and 5 p.m. UTC. Last night, Whale Alert tweeted that 4,501 BTC had left Coinbase for an unknown wallet, meaning in the past 24 hours, more than a billion dollars worth of Bitcoin has been transferred out of Coinbase, though it's not known whether the transactions are related. So what's going on? It could be an over-the-counter desk reshuffling its wallets, a Bitcoin not-quite-billionaire moving cash to cold storage, or a money laundering scheme. It's difficult to tell. The transfer protect, transferrer protected their privacy well, generating a new address for each transaction. Very good, very good. This is not the first time a large coin-based movement happened this month either. On January the 31st, over 15,200 Bitcoin, worth approximately $500 million at the time, were transferred out of Coinbase Pro. Back then, CryptoQuant CEO Kai Young-Ju told Decrypt that he put it down to over-the-counter trades from institutional hodlers saying, quote, I believe this is the strongest bullish signal. Okay, nice. Woo-dee-doo-dee-day. Uh, <coughs> Those who have been following the crypto news over the last fortnight will know that Bitcoin passed several milestones. Firstly, Tesla disclosed that, yes, we know, $1.5 in Bitcoin. Assuming Tesla hasn't sold any of it, Elon Musk's electric car company will have profited more from this purchase alone than from the combined sales of its cars last year. <laughs> Another huge bit of institutional interest came from asset management uh, company BlackRock, whose CIO, Rick Reeder, announced that the firm is investing some of its clients' $8.67 trillion money pot into Bitcoin. Just some, okay, just some. BlackRock isn't the first asset management company to do so. Guggenheim already has, with its CIO this month upgrading his Bitcoin price projection to 600 grand. And BNY Mellon, one of America's oldest banks, announced last week that it would add crypto asset management services for its clients. Lastly, Michael Saylor announced that his company, MicroStrategy, will sell $1.05 billion in debt securities to buy up more Bitcoin. So really, hands up, who's the whale? Nobody knows. That's the whole that's one of the whole points behind this, the way the system working as it does. If you do it right, nobody really knows. And that's a good thing, okay? That we don't need to be walking around automatically assuming that every financial transaction made is done by a terrorist or a child trafficker, okay? We need to stop that shit. That's the majority of humanity is actually pretty good, okay? You know what they want to do? They want to get married. They want to have kids. They want to be in love. They want to have somebody love them. And then they want to have children that they love. And they want to be surrounded by their grandchildren, great-grandchildren at their deathbed. Generally speaking, most humans want that. Why it is that we've been duped into thinking that the human spirit is beset on all sides by this need to traffic children in sex slavery and do terroristic things is beyond my fucking comprehension. But I'm damn tired of it because I'm not that way. Jesus, these people are just sick. Bitcoin faces price turbulence as market liquidity falls, says JP Morgan. Now, this is just something to watch. I'm just saying, 
<clears throat> JP Morgan has never been really the greatest fan of, of Bitcoin, but they are getting into it. However, they got a point. Okay. It, it's something that, you know, you ignore shit like this, at, you know, as at your own risk, I'm just saying. Uh, Amkar Godbold is going to tell us about it from Coindesk. Bitcoin's falling market liquidity, how much is available for trade, is rising or raising the risk of wild price swings, according to analysts at JP Morgan. Quote, market liquidity is currently much lower for Bitcoin than in gold or the S&P 500, which implies that even small flows can have a large price impact. Bitcoin's falling market liquidity uh, makes it prone to wild pri price swings. JP Morgan's Nikolaus, I have no, no way I can pronounce that guy's name. Anyway, so Nikolaus wrote in a note on Friday, as reported by Bloomberg, while Bitcoin has rallied by over 300% since mid-October, the number of coins held in exchange addresses has declined by 6.6% to 2.38 million, according to Glassnode data. This sell-side liquidity shortage has been exacerbated by strong institutional demand, allowing the steep price rally to record highs over $58,000 on Sunday. The low liquidity is also evident from Bitcoin's average daily spot and futures market volume of $10 billion, which is just 10% of gold's $100 billion, uh, according to Nikolaus. Hence, relatively few large buy or sell orders could lead to significant price moves either way. Bitcoin's three-month realized volatility, its level of actual price fluctuation over the past 90 days, stood at 92% on Sunday, the highest since June 2020, according to SKU. Meanwhile, the three-month implied volatility or investors' expectations of price wings over the next 90 days was 94%. At press time, Bitcoin is trading near uh, 54,070, representing a 5.7% drop over 24 hours, according to Coindesk 20 data. So that may be an answer to why we're seeing the price movement that we're seeing this morning is that it's not all that hard right now to affect the price. And honestly, though, it seems really weird because a lot of people are bitching about the, like, like for instance, last week, Swan Bitcoin couldn't get Bitcoin. And a lot of people were mad. And I'm like, which I don't understand. Swan is one of the, you know, one of the most solid Bitcoin companies that there is. They don't deal in shit coins and they don't allow you to sell your Bitcoin. And yet here we are last week with Swan Bitcoin's uh, pool of, of available Bitcoin to be able to draw from completely dried up. And they're using a third party, and I can't remember the name of the company, but they're depending on a third party to get them a liquid pool of Bitcoin, and they couldn't do it. All right, so with all the, and, and here we have, let's see, what's the price right now? Uh, we're at, see, we're all the way down to 53724 at this point. Somebody's selling. I mean, somebody's selling. And I'm seeing, like, I'm seeing one point, and this is just, uh, I'm looking at the Bitfinex chart. And through Bitfinex, we have 1,000, we'll say, yeah, well, yeah, uh, 1,800 coins are, are basically on the downside in this liquidity pool. <clears throat> so somebody's selling. And yet here we have a situation where, like, Swan Bitcoin cannot get a hold of Bitcoin. And yet people are selling. So is it liquid? Is it not liquid? You know, what point, you know, I'd like to actually hear a little bit more about what constitutes an illiquid asset. Like, is there some kind of threshold of its percentage that is actively being traded at any given time versus its overall pool? I, I don't know. See, that's the thing. I, I don't dig into 
trading because I don't trade. But still, in this particular case, it just seems like there's a lot of liquidity on the market. And we got all the way down to 52,724 while I've been recording. I mean, if you, and, and by the way, if you're thinking about selling this dip, you're just going to end up being sorry. Patience. If you can't have patience, then just go buy Tesla stock. Okay. Honestly, because this isn't for you. Uh, crypto market is too big to ignore, says Nigeria's SEC. So now we're, it looks like Nigeria's SEC might be flip-flopping or at least signaling that they're not sure what the hell to do at this point, which doesn't surprise me. Osato Ava Namoyo is going to tell us about it from Cointelegraph, and he's writing this one early this morning. Having recently suspended its planned crypto regulations in the wake of the central bank ban, Nigeria's Security and Exchange Commission has clarified its position on cryptocurrencies in the country. According to a report by Premium Times, both the SEC and the Central Bank of Nigeria will work collaboratively on devising a concrete regulatory framework for cryptos in Nigeria. Well, if you're going to ban it, then why have a regulatory framework? Is it a regulatory framework to ban cryptocurrency? All you have to do is say, hey, man, it's a cryptocurrency and it's banned. There's not all that much regulation going on, which is what leads me to believe that they may be in the throes of flip-flopping their position because they, I don't think this is going over well with the people of Nigeria. I don't think it's going over well at all. For Tima Agama, the commission's registration, exchanges, market infrastructure, and innovation head, regulators in Nigeria cannot afford to ignore the $1.74 trillion crypto market. Speaking at a virtual conference organized by the Association of Capital Market Academics of Nigeria in the capital, Abuja on Sunday, Agama remarked, quote, part of the desire of the SEC, even in the future, is to provide a regulatory framework that will take care of all these challenges that we have seen internationally and the entire world is grappling with in terms of cryptocurrency and digital assets. For us, SEC and capital markets, it is something to look at. The world cannot be moving forward and we continue to be static. No, end quote. According to Agama, the SEC sees cryptos as a channel of attracting much needed foreign direct investment or FDI into the country. Indeed, according to a recent report by the National Bureau of Statistics, 26 out of the 36 states of the Federation did not receive any FDI in the whole of 2020. For Kevin Amugo, the CBN's Director of Financial Policy and Regulation, the ban was necessary to give the central bank ample time to address the anonymity of crypto transactions. However, most crypto transactions are pseudonymous at best. Blockchain intelligence firms like CypherTrace and Chainalysis have created tools that allow for robust cryptocurrency forensic investigation, assholes. Also, crypto exchanges in Nigeria were adhering to Know Your Customer best practices, which included the bank verification number or BVN authentication. As part of the address during the ACMAN lecture, Agumo or Amugo revealed that the CBN and SEC were working with other federal agencies to develop a national regulatory approach to cryptos in Nigeria. So I guess they're not going to ban it. During the event, several stakeholders called on regulators to pursue more nuanced laws that, rather than outright bans. As previously reported by Cointelegraph, Nigeria and Southeast Asia were at the forefront of global adoption in 2020. Nigeria's Bitcoin premium is currently the highest in the world following the CBN ban. And indeed, I saw last night, it was like late, right before I was uh, about to go to bed, that uh, it was like local Bitcoins 
or something had a premium price of $80,000 on Bitcoin last night. I mean, that's, that's a huge premium. And it's be, it was because of this quote unquote ban, which apparently is not going to happen. It's hard to tell what these guys are doing. And I, I, I kind of feel bad for them because they're literally navigating a sea that they've never sailed before. I mean, they, here they, you know, for decades, they've been, yes, we call the Fed and we talk to Janet Yellen and then we say X, Y, and Z, and then we go on the news in Nigeria and we say ABC and we do it this way and it's just so-and-so. And now here comes Bitcoin and it basically is like a great big meteorite being thrown into the oceans of the world all over the, all over the world all at once, creating great big waves that their little boat has not been fortified against since 1971 and 1913 before that and the Bretton Woods Agreement. Okay, all those are major perturbations in the financial economies of the entire world. Okay, here comes Bitcoin and has thrown a rock into their little sea and is causing their little boat to crack in places that they never thought it was going to crack. Here's what I suspect. They're going to go flip-flop on bank ban versus extreme regulation, back-to-bank ban to extreme regulation until they figure out that until they do one of two things, they're either going to just lay down the law and, fig, and, and, and give some people like this regulatory framework, or they're going to figure out that they have no way to regulate this shit whatsoever and that they're, they can only make a best guess and put that down. But I don't think Nigeria is actually going to ban this. They need it too much. Their people are really desperate at this point, and honestly, so is their government. So I think that it's not going to happen. All right, let's see. South Korea wants to uh, tax 20% on Bitcoin profits in 2022. Greg Thompson tells us about it from Cointelegraph. South Korea fast tracks a 20% tax on Bitcoin. South Korea will implement a 20% tax on Bitcoin and cryptocurrency profits starting January 1, 2022. The nation's Ministry of Economy and Finance announced that profits made from both trading and holding cryptocurrencies will be subject to the tax reported the Korean Herald on Monday. Okay, so what are they going to do? This Okay, holding cryptocurrencies and being taxed on it. Good fucking luck. Second of all, that means that they're, tra- they're taxing unrealized gains. If that sentence is correct, you never know. The author may not exactly understand it. However, unrealized taxes on unrealized gains are have been floated and are still being floated at the, at the Congress level in the United States right now. All right, unrealized gains. Think about that. I mean, what if my house, you know, like goes up in profit or goes up in value? I'm going to have to, if, we, if I have to pay unrealized gains tax, this, this, if you want revolution, if you want actual physical people being shot in the street, this is how you get it. Did you want revolution? Because this is how you get revolution. So hopefully they're not talking about unrealized gains, but I, I wouldn't put it past them. The tax will be triggered when profits made from cryptocurrencies exceed, exceed 2.5 million won or roughly $2,300. Gains made up to this point will be tax exempt. 
South Korea previously aimed to levy the tax starting in 2020, but pushback from cryptocurrency enthusiasts and lobbyists saw the government delay the implementation of the tax several times. A 2022 start date was previously floated by the South Korean regime. However, that date was then delayed until 2023, as previously reported by Cointelegraph. Now it appears that 2022 is back in the cards once again. Following South Korea's recognition of Bitcoin as a financial asset, BTC and other cryptocurrencies will no longer be classed as tax-free hobbies. They called it a hobby. <laughs> cryptocurrencies received as part of an inheritance or those received as gifts will also be taxed. Good luck. Good luck. Referring to crypto gifts and inheritance, inheritances, the Herald states, quote, in such cases, the price of the asset will be calculated on the basis of the daily average price for one month before and one month after the date of the inheritance gift. Over 38,000 citizens have already signed a petition in protest of the impending tax since February 10th. If the number of signatures on the petition reaches 200,000 by the end of March, it will force an official response from the South Korean government. <laughs> Oops, sorry, from the South Korean government. Starting in March, an expected revision of the Specific Financial Transactions Act will also see cryptocurrency exchanges fall under new regulatory scrutiny in addition to stronger information security procedures and anti-money laundering measures. The new regulation will also see exchanges forced to implement real name accounts, reports the Korea Herald. Okay. So, yeah. Uh it really disturbs me that they're talking about taxing uh, the holding of cryptocurrencies, but it doesn't disturb me so much because if like, honestly, it's Bitcoin and all this, all the shit coins, not all of them, but some of the shit coins are basically digital bearer instruments. And that's really important to understand what a bearer instrument is. A bearer bond before Bitcoin, we had bearer bonds. And you would go buy a bearer bond and whoever it is that held that bond was the holder of the money. If I, if it was stolen, if that bearer bond was stolen from me, if it was stolen in a, like, I think that ends up being, it has to have certificates or coupons attached, something, something around those lines. But if somebody stole everything from me, then that person gets to bear the bond. In which case that means that they go into any bank and that bearer bond is going to be honored to that person on their identification. And the bank's not going to know where the bearer bond came from. Well, they'll know where it came from, but they're not going to know who it was issued to because that's not a bearer bond. Bitcoin's the same way. So if it goes into my wallet or I send it to a wallet, how do they know that it's in this? I mean, how do they know that I own it? I'd have to say I would have to actually... Go to in, 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 in federal testimony or state testimony, like I'd have to put my, if I put my hand on a Bible and I'm talking to a judge and I give testimony at that point and say, yes, these are my addresses. Okay, that one, you know, but if you do that, you're stupid. I mean, it's, it, this is essentially a giant go fish because you cannot prove that I own a bearer instrument unless you actually see me holding the bearer instrument. Is, this is an impossible and untenable situation for governments around the world. They And honestly, all they've got here is fear. So I would expect to see a lot of fear-mongering uh, start to occur, okay? just I'm just saying. Um, was, did we have time for this one? Uh, 
No, we don't have time for this one. But India is, just to let you know, India is fighting back against its proposed, its own proposed uh, crypto ban. And it's coming from the people of India, not, not from within the government. So just be aware, India is not going to lay down for this. And we'll probably read this one tomorrow uh, for tomorrow's show. But for now, that's going to do it for the morning roundup. Daily Trainwrecked is brought to you by Gary V, Ryan X Charles, and Elliot of BSV fame. We're going to start with Alderson BSV Elliot and his ridiculous tweet. Um, let's see. MetaNet is up there on its own dimension. When you see it, everything else will look like a toy. If you don't believe me or don't get it, just ignore and keep playing with your amateur calculator. We will obliterate with a supercomputer. So, yeah, that's just bad. And, of course, he's talking about BSV, and he's replying to me. And the, I haven't, haven't actually seen Elliot say a damn thing for a long time. A long time. Um <laughs> So I don't know what he's doing back. I don't know if that signals anything. Maybe there's something going on with the Craig Wright uh, case. I don't know. But uh, he was responding to me about BSV being delisted from OKCoin. And honestly, I couldn't give less of a shit now. But, yeah, it's good for humor, I guess. Now, Ryan X. Charles threw a a fit, probably in response to BSV being delisted. But he tweets out, the cryptocurrency industry is a giant scam. Cash out now before you lose all of your money. So if you don't know who Ryan X. Charles is, he was an OG Bitcoiner. He used to be pretty good in the space. Had a couple of uh, companies that are now completely destroyed because he flip-flopped and went over to BCH. And then he flip-flopped from BCH and went over to BSV. And he literally looks at Craig Wright as a god. It's, It's creepy. It's creepy as hell. It's like, if if anybody was like looking at Bitcoin as a cult, they really need to be looking at people like Ryan X. Charles and, and their undying fealty to people like Craig Wright, who are obvious frauds. I don't get it, but but whatever. Anyway, so here we have an OG Bitcoiner telling everything. He's, it just seems like he's done. Now, he, he's got this video, and inside the video, he says the exact same thing. But then he says that the closest thing to Bitcoin that we have is BSV, which I which doesn't surprise me except that he's telling everybody to get out of all cryptocurrencies. So it's, it's weird, but it's like Ryan, I think, I guess Ryan's gone. I guess we'll, I guess we've, we've literally lost him and he was one of the oldest of OGs that there, that there was. And the last train wreck uh, that we have here is from Gary V or Gary Vanderchuk. Uh, he was on, he was on what Bitcoin did with, um, Oh God, who was it? Oh, it was the, the, it was, oh God, it was the, the male model guy, uh, Breedlove. <clears throat> and, um, Gary couldn't shut his mouth. And every time Breedlove, Robert Breedlove or, you know, Peter would like trying to tell him what Bitcoin was because he was there to learn about Bitcoin. And yet he would never shut his mouth. 
And he kept interrupting explanations whenever it was that Robert was, he'd ask a question and Robert say, well, I'll answer it and started answering it. And then all of a sudden Gary would get all excited about something and then interrupt Robert and kudos to Robert for hanging with him for so long. I would have been done with the asshole in 30 minutes, but it was like a full hour of Gary V just interrupting these guys and just running his mouth. And now because of that, He says the following, I'm not sure I can have a normal business week when all I want to do is study NFTs. If he had not run his mouth, he probably would have figured out that NFTs are are ridiculous. I saw, oh, I don't know what, like a, a 64 pixel, um, icon being sold for like over a million dollars us over the weekend. I've seen actually seen like two or three of them for a pixelated like headshot. I don't know. I can't remember what they're called. Like uh, cyberpunks or something like that. It's worse than crypto kitties. It's worse than crypto kitties. And these things are just terrible. It's like, if you look at them, you're like, you paid $2 million for this. This isn't even, I mean, like the, your character on Minecraft has better resolution and and more artfulness in it than these things. I don't know what's going on with this NFT thing, but honestly, I don't think it's going to end well for people who wake up a week from now going, I paid two and a half million dollars and I can't even find it on my hard drive. Yeah, I know. It's supposed to be up on the chain. It doesn't matter. It's a digital piece of shit. If you want art, then have art you can hang on your wall or put on a, on a stand as a piece of sculpture, something that you can touch. Because this is one of the things about art that, was, that makes it a living, breathing thing, is that you can touch it. And that's why architecture is so important, because a building becomes art, but you live in the building, you address the building, you walk up to the building, you leave the building. The building is part of your environment. Art should be part of your environment, and it can't do that if it's digital. I'm just saying, it doesn't mean that there's not a place for digital art, but I'm saying if you're, if you're paying $2.4 million for 64 colored pixels, I don't see how you're getting anything but ripped the hell off. Now, with that sadness done, let's get into Dad Says Jokes. He says, adjective for metal is metallic, but not so for iron, which is ironic. <laughs> Sorry, I got a, a little distracted. Uh, we are we are going to, going to be experiencing a dip probably for the for the rest of the day. I don't know. We are at fifty three thousand eight hundred and twenty four. So just put uh, put on your seatbelt, guys. We're going for a little ride. I'll see you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin and and I'm your host David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.